He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Do you see well, how my one eyebrow is different than the other? <laughs> you know, you hit record. I wasn't sure we were going to discuss. I don't this give a here. shit. I'm going to talk about this right now. And the reason that I'm mad about it is the reason my eyebrows are so off and one is so much higher peaked, it looks like, than the other is because I can't fill my fucking eyebrows in anymore because I don't know where they start and where they end. Let's open. So wait, what? You did, this is a result of makeup? Well, yeah, because when you fill in your eyebrows, you just follow like the hair on your eyebrows, like the natural hair, and you just fill in your eyebrows. That's what I do. So because... <laughs> Our shit's been closed for so long. My eyebrows haven't been touched for three fucking months. I don't know where to fill them in. I just kind of go with the flow. And this is what it results. I actually, for a second, was wondering if I had a stroke. <laughs> I Okay, I see one is a little thicker. That's what I, yeah, yeah it's a little thicker. That one needs oh. to go up. See, there you know, we go. Just gotta there. lift that up. I need a half of a facelift. Or half a syringe of Botox could do the same thing. There we you go. Know, they, can, they can use Botox to balance out your eyebrows. Well, there you go. Oh, well, you know what they say, Genimo, karma's a bitch. Because I remember about two episodes ago, you had a field day with my eyebrows when I tried to draw them in. <laughs> Not so easy. Not so easy. Yeah, but mine still look good. <laughs> Yeah, you're not pushing Uncle Leo, maybe with the left one a little. The thing is, is when you fill in your eyebrows, mix that in with the Botox, you really start to look like a doll. <laughs> Me or people? <laughs> you, you. We're talking about you. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing in my head. <laughs> uh, um, I have some good news, I guess. Do you have oh, any good no. news? Do you have any news at all? No, I've had a terrible week. I haven't been exercising. I haven't been eating well. It's a mess. Why? I don't know. I just, I think I've gotten fed up with the home workouts. Like I'm just, I'm not motivated anymore. And I just have been, I mean, it was Father's Day. So I was drinking with the fam on the weekend. And you know, when you have a big drinking day, it's like four days are gone. <laughs> yeah. It, well, especially yeah. if you're over the age of 30. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, but at least one of us has good news. What is it? So this morning, so for those at home right now, listening, uh, I've been really dedicated to fitness lately as Jesse and I have oh, kind of switched roles. <laughs> Way to make me feel great. Okay. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so today I was like, cause I took a measurements the other day and I lost another inch off my waist, which is great. Okay. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to try on some old jean shorts I have that I haven't worn for two years really the reason i got fat was because when we got laid off i got fat okay straight up i'll say that yeah. um it was it's sad fat so i've been working that off now and yeah. so i tried on these jeans like i said jean shorts and they fit like a fucking oh glove. that is a big deal <laughs> yeah so kia my trainer if you want to listen to an episode you can go back and check him out i texted him and i was like booyah and he was like yeah so now when was the last time you put on those jeans and they did fit? Do you two remember? Years ago. Wow. It was when I was dating the guy in Toronto. Okay. I bought them. He who shall not be named. Right. But right. did you, could you like get them up and they just were not comfortable or they legit would not oh, go up? They legit slid on like a glove. Like a glove. No, but before, like when you oh, decided they didn't fit. 
Wow. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. It's a good feeling. You know, working out is so hard if you, because it takes a while to start seeing results. Mm-hmm. You know, once yeah. you see results, you get really, really motivated. But until then, and it's just like, you got to stick with it and it's going to happen. Like I yeah. went for a long time without my weight adjusting or anything adjusting. And then all of a sudden it was like, boom, one day it just fell off. Everybody's different. Be patient with your body. Oh, that's, that's good to know. I have the opposite problem where if I, I stop working out or I eat badly, it comes on really quick. Like, like even my stomach, that's why I'm all upset. I noticed it's like all puffy and fat because that's what wine does to you well and you're probably dehydrated so you're probably a bit constipated <laughs> yeah it's just, it's just not good it's anyway so I'm trying to get back into it thank you for making me feel worse but that's the kind of motivation I need because now I feel like fuck I gotta fit back into something right well the key my leather chaps the key to my success has honestly been bike riding like 20 kilometers and swimming so the cardio, you're a, you're a cardio queen now. Yeah, I pair that up with my workout, which my workout's never longer than 30 minutes. So I pair it up okay. with my workout and it seems to really be working. And for all those people out there that have injuries, like I found out the other day that I have advanced arthritis in one of my hips. Thank you, Reach. soccer, for that. Yeah. But when you do have injuries like that, it is good to find activities like cardio that you can do that are low impact and swimming and biking are two of those things. So yeah, I'm realizing at our age that how much diet plays a factor. Yeah. And I love my sugar. That's my one thing. It's like, I'll starve all day just so I can eat dessert every night. And it's still hard to keep up. Yeah. Well, when you starve yourself to eat dessert at night, by the time you go to eat the dessert, you're actually legit hungry too. And you divulge. Yeah. Indulge. Indulge. (laughs) Indulge. You're right. Yeah. That that's a good lesson. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. And that's something Kia taught us is that being hungry is not what causes you to lose weight. So people that starve themselves all day, hungry, hungry, and then eat a bunch at night, you're not helping yourself. You're better to eat throughout the day. Yeah. Like if you ate fruit and veggies for most of the day, you could probably eat as much as you want. You wouldn't go over your caloric intake. Yeah. What a weird topic because tell I'm having issues with this today's episode is the history of working out (laughs) that's a little tame it is rather tame for us but I need to work through my issues and like try to find my motivation back so I started to look up like well why do people exercise in the first place like what's the point because you know Donald Trump says don't exercise because you're born with a certain number of heartbeats and you don't want to use them up too fast. That's why he doesn't exercise. Fuck sakes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really not going to take advice from Donald Trump. Look at the guy. He eats McDonald's every day. And KFC. He wants to talk about heartbeats. The only amount of heartbeats he has every time he shoves one of those nuggets down his mouth, his heart (laughs) skips a beat. If he even has a heart. Oh, not anymore. I think it's shriveled up smaller than the Grinch's at this point. Smaller than his balls. Yeah, in his hands. <laughs> but so I anyway, have, that was. Yeah, I kind do. of had Donald Trump hands. <laughs> I think yours are bigger, just a little. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. though that we started this episode. <laughs> she just did a Donald face. <laughs> We're talking about exercise, but uh, obviously we're both thinking about it a lot. So I, this might be an interesting episode. I don't know. Well, we'll be able to tell how long people listen. Yeah, we we're can thinking see that about shit. it. Yeah, we're thinking about it a lot. Because what else do you have to fucking do? 
No, and I missed the. This is the longest lockdown that the gym's been closed since Corona. Right. I think it's time we open it up with, obviously, cautiously. Same with hair, nails, yeah. all the beauty industry. And that has nothing to do with vanity. That has to do with it being a 70% female dominated industry. These are business owners. Come at them. Let's have the same energy that we've had for restaurants. Let's have that same energy for these small businesses like nail salons, hair, like, come on, support our fellow ladies. Let's get them back working. And it is so stupid. Like the skin clinics open and you know, I love the skin clinic, but how are you going to argue that that's more essential than the gym or hair? Like, why do you need to get lip injections, but you can't exercise? And I understand the logic is, well, it's safe. You can still wear your mask when you're getting Botox in your forehead, but is it really essential? And so that word being thrown around too much is confusing people. Yeah. I mean, I can still wear my mask while I get my toes done, my hair done, my nails done, a wax. Right. So- Stupid. Anyway, back to working out. Okay. (laughs) Now, people don't look like they used to, you know, over the course of humanity. (laughs) We've been cave dwellers. Whoa, are you stroking or is the computer cutting out? No, this is what happens when I try to read. (laughs) Okay. Let's start from the top again. People don't look like they used to. We've been cave dwellers, tribes, people. We've fought plagues and even mammoths. In the two million years humans have been around, it's only recently that people have started working out for the sake of working out and to be healthy, right? Kind of crazy. Like literally within the past 200 years before that exercise, as we know, it was not a thing. Well, I mean, that's because people didn't have cars and stuff. They literally had to walk to the other cities. That's right. And like, even before that, you can't worry about how your pecs look when you're just trying to stay alive, running away from a bear, you know, like that's how they, that's how they stayed in shape. So by the way, before we get going, as you can tell, we're already a mess or I am, this is a very condensed history of working out. We've been around for like millions of years. So spare me your like, you know, tweets and stuff. If I get anything wrong, it's very condensed. Look at you trying to act like people tweet you all the time. (laughs) Just our friend, Kim. Okay, so first up, rocks and running, the early days of exercise. So just from that title, you can probably figure out how people stayed in shape. Look, Jenna's about to fall asleep. I better keep it moving. (laughs) So for most of human history, exercise wasn't really necessary because life was pretty tough. And most of the exercise people got was either running towards something to eat it or away from it to avoid getting eaten by it. And um until ladders and like the wheel came along, uh, everything was a challenge, everything. And what's so crazy about this is that if you think about exercise now and all the equipment and the tools we have to exercise, it's all just to replace things that we used to have to do naturally. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? So it's like, we're still working out. We want to work out just as much, but for every like labor saving thing we invent, we have to invent an exercise to make up for it. Right. You know, like we're not hunting and gathering for our food anymore. So we have to get on a treadmill. Exactly. So it's kind of like, well, maybe we should just keep hunting and gathering. Go back to living (laughs) off the land and in caves. Well, because, you know, most people hate exercising, myself included. We do it, but we do it because we have to. So back then you just didn't think about it. You had to go get lunch. So you didn't think, oh, fuck, I got to work out today. Right. You know, I don't know. Some people love it. I don't. 
So here we go. As humans developed tools in farming, there were new reasons to be fit and strong. For starters, so you could kick the shit out of the Neanderthals down the river and take their stuff. So that was the first reason that people realized having bigger muscles than your neighbors was important. Kind of sounds like high school. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you're yeah. getting picked on, like you buff up and you make sure to let them know that you can't be pushed around. Exactly. And that was the whole point of big muscles. Um, this even said muscles have always looked good, but supposedly nobody really thought about them as far as sexuality or attractiveness back when they were used to fight and like kill your neighbors. I'm like, how are you going to write that? Like, you're going to tell me there wasn't some horny cave woman looking at the muscles. But I think it was an attraction because if back then, like their only thought was just protection and food. So if a man yeah. comes in with big muscles, you know, he's strong and he probably is a good hunter, a good protector. So of course exactly. you're going to be naturally attracted to him because he can provide better. And, and I think that is still the attraction of muscles. It's strength. It's masculinity. It's hot. Woo. You know, it's not the way they look. I've never looked at an individual bicep and been like, Oh, look at the curve on that. You know, like it's really? what they represent. Well, oh, I, not... I look at back muscles like that. Dang. I mean, I guess I do actually. I was thinking of like a slab muscle, like on a science table, like there's nothing sexy about that. My point was it's when you match it all together with the man. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> or woman or woman. <laughs> this is a, I warned you about this. Okay. So here we go. When you have fighting, you have winners. And when you have winners, you have celebrations. So many ancient cultures developed ritual dances and physical challenges. Um, and that was like their early way of exercising. So, you know, you won a war, you dance all night around the fire and you're getting your cardio. Okay. You see? Yeah. Wrestling. Wrestling was another one that many tribes used to assert dominance and like settle disputes. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty gay. <laughs> wrestling is not gay oh please <laughs> genius homos that came up with that one um <laughs> monday monday night raw mm -hmm. Means sorry i just i world. haven't heard the word homo in so long that just made me laugh you can't say it people only i can say it so that's why it caught me so off guard i was like <laughs> okay so wrestling uh I mean, I don't know what I think about that. Have you ever wrestled? I've never wrestled. I mean, like, I've wrestled, but. Yeah, but like actually wrestled? No. No. I just, I mean, this is a whole other episode. We should talk to somebody that wrestles because I've, for my whole life, I've had issues with the gay thing. Like even when they put on that spandex unitard and like get all oiled up and First around. of all, I don't know if you're thinking about WWF wrestling, which is like. I don't acting know. or are you talking right. about legit like olympic style wrestling because that one you don't, don't oil know. yourself up i don't think and they wear like the little ear things and they do have a lot of like depending i mean if you see it from jesse's perverted eyes yeah. yes there are extremely quote unquote homo moves because like it's all about like submission right and holds so a lot of the time you see like a guy's face is in another guy's crotch Woo! <laughs> I thought you just said we can't use the word homo. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, the thing is, is the men wrestling don't see it that way, because if they would, we would all know they were excited in those little outfits. That's true. Good point. Touche. 
So you're the pervert is basically what we just found out, figured out. Is it's you? I, I I want to be a pervert, but it's been so long. I don't think you could call me that. Aren't you the one that texted me the other day saying, "Hey Jesse, I think you can give blood now." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should just to say I've done it once. Well, it was like a year of celibacy, right? If you're gay, you have it to was, but now it's three months. Oh, you can give blood. <laughs> <laughs> if available. I was a gay man, I probably could give blood too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. So anyway, uh, do you, what about yoga? Let's move on to that. So first, the first like sport ever created was wrestling and apparently yoga was not far behind oh yeah I, I heard it was a really ancient practice from india right yeah and uh dates back to 3000 bc whoa that's a long time ago um and it actually started as a way to show religious devotion by uh denying yourself anything good that was a quote uh this is what it says around 400 bc the idea became to quote train the body for hardship to, by strengthening one's opinions, you were to rid the spirit of not only pain, but also pleasure and doing so you'd attain true enlightenment. I didn't understand any of that. So basically you're supposed to like deny yourself everything good or bad and just be in like a yoga state. Yeah. Like it's just state of being. It's kind of like physical meditation. Right. Tantra is kind of similar to that too, isn't it? You have to like find that like you have to sustain from having orgasm for a long I mean uh, the, the, my knowledge of tantra goes as far as um American Pie 2 remember oh, what's that. his name the weird friend like goes all tantric because the stifler's mom's coming back and he wants to have like mind-blowing sex so he goes all tantric the whole time yes like abstains from vaguely. like yeah I got I want to watch that sequel again I haven't seen that in I think I've only seen that sequel once. No. Funny you mentioned that today in my scrolling, I saw an article about Jennifer Coolidge and it said something like, whatever happened to Stifler's mom? Oh, she and was like, on Two Broke Girls? Yeah, she's fine. Mm-hmm. She's doing I just fine. Yeah. Jennifer Coolidge. Okay, so according to legend, sometime around 2000 BC, the Chinese emperor, Huangdi. Sure came up with the idea of Qigong. Do you know what that is, of course? Is it similar to Tai Chi? Yes, yes. It's a slow, low-impact movements uh, about making different postures and breathing through them. Coolest thing I saw. Well, I don't, I mean, I thought it was kind of cool. Because you see, like, back home in Vancouver, because we do have such a strong Asian influence in our city, you see, like, little old Asian people all the time out around the track doing their Tai Chi. And it's just so, like, they look so peaceful. And the other day I was riding my bike by Strathcona Park. For those that are in Ottawa, they know where that is. And I saw a group of white old people doing Tai Chi. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, like, had the, it made me smile. I like that. Yeah. Cause growing up in Canada, which is a suburb of Ottawa, uh, there's a big Asian population there. And same thing. I'd always see them out on the tennis court every early, like four or 5 AM they get out with the mist and be doing their moves. Yeah. I would love to learn some Tai Chi and just see what it's like. Cause it is meditative. I would th- assume. Cause you move so yeah. slow and they all look amazing. So it obviously works. 
Yeah. And I think you're right. There's something with the mind body connection with the meditation and the movements. And I think they're onto something because this guy that invented it, uh, Emperor Hugh and Gandhi lived to be 118. Whoa. And back then that was really long because obviously like medicine wasn't as advanced. Yeah. Crazy. And from that Qigong or Tai Chi martial arts was developed. So I guess they just kind of sped everything up. (laughs) Right. I would have thought it was the other way around because martial arts was developed for combat before they had guns, right. In like wars and stuff. I'm not doing any official moves, but uh, I thought that martial arts was first and then they would slowed it down for the exercise, but it was actually the reverse. Right. And that's probably how like kickboxing evolved too. Oh yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah. It's like humans evolve or something, (laughs) but uh, um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. And this is interesting. Okay. In in 2017, so we're jumping like thousands of years later, archaeologists discovered a gym in Egypt that was built in 300 BC. So around the same time as this Tai Chi Qigong stuff. And in these gyms, uh, they had stuff that today's don't like you could sign up for lessons in how to read and write at the gym. Um, they also had spaces dedicated to learning philosophy and they were basically schools. They're basically like right. schools you could willingly sign up for. Interesting. Like rec centers. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. True. Like you got have a different class there. However, they had some rules at these gyms. Anybody could join if you could afford it. And if you were not in one of the following prohibited groups, women, slaves, male prostitutes, drunks, or madmen. Not allowed in. We check off almost every one of those boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I've been flirting with the male prostitute thing. Get <laughs> damn terms and conditions are always tough. But can you believe that they had to make a rule for male prostitutes? That one stuck out at me because we've talked about this, how like back then being gay wasn't really a big deal. So male prostitutes were probably a lot more common. But don't forget, and when I did the ancient history of sex in ancient Rome or whatever. That's the one uh, I'm thinking. Yeah. Remember if you were giving, it was okay. It was if you were receiving. So I'm probably assuming since that was the way people thought back then that the male prostitutes were probably usually on the receiving end of things. The bottoms. Yes. So always on the bottom. You can do it standing. (laughs) (laughs) You can be on top. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, But anyway, it's interesting. So now we move on. Uh, Eventually, some of the tactics used to keep soldiers fit through things like martial arts and wrestling found their way into everyday life as sports. So it was around 1400 BC in Mesoamerica. What is that? Is that like what they called America before America was America? I I have no idea. Well, there was a game developed in 1400 BC that's similar to modern racquetball. Uh, I don't know what racquetball is. You've never played racquetball? Is that where you have the scoop thing and you throw the... No. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. I think that's a game you just played in elementary school. <laughs> What's racquetball? Tennis? So racquetball, you play and like uh, you go into a court and you have glass behind you and you have a racket and a bouncy uh, blue ball and you have to hit it against the wall and the other person has to hit it against the wall. So you... Oh. you yeah. Like, have you ever seen like racquetball or um, squash? I was going to say, I thought it was called squash. Well, squash is different because in racquetball, the ball bounces. In squash, that little black ball doesn't bounce. 
So like it I does, but very lightly. So you really have to get down in squash. Okay. Both both, both both sports are extremely fun, but really hard on your knees. Well, that ball and whichever one there, I used to go to a gym near Ikea here in Ottawa and they had a bunch of those little rooms. Um, and I think it was squash rooms, but it, or maybe not because those balls bounced and they would hit that glass wall yeah. so hard. Yeah. I was like, why would you ever go in that room? <laughs> it's a really great sport to get a lot of aggression out on. Okay. Yeah. No wonder you're a fan. So this game, <laughs> racquetball invented 1400 BC, but it had two main differences than the racquetball we know today. Number one, the ball was struck with the hip rather than a racket. You'd hit it with your hip. Ooh. And like, that sounds painful after what you just described. And it was usually played as part of a ritual ceremony, also involving human sacrifice. A lovely. So, they would play it to like settle a debate or if somebody lost and to figure out who had to be killed or something like that. <laughs> it sounds like the beginning of uh, like gladiator and oh, yeah. uh, the fight to the deaths for entertainment purposes. Yeah. Like the, the Coliseum shit. Yeah. Now, that would be an interesting history of. Well, we Damn, did, but we did the sex history of it because that's usually what we do. I know. Can you tell I'm like running out of ideas because like, the history of working out. Uh, but anyway, so next up, I'm just going to keep moving because you know what? Yeah. Soccer. Oh, you like soccer. That was invented. Oh, speaking of sports, how about that football guy? That That's came gay. out. Yeah. Good oh. for him. What's his name? I can't remember. He's not a big player. He's a bit of a, he's like a, I think he was like a, not a walk on, but he's not like a major star player, but um, I think it's great because there's a lot of closeted folks in professional sports that just feel like they can't come out. Well, and that's it. Like I see some haters probably like on Fox news that were like, he's definitely not the first gay one. And it's like, okay, sweetie, but he's the first active one. Right. Carl Nassib. Right. And what he wants to do is just, pave the way for other LGBTQ athletes to, you know, do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. They would have let him in the gym. Right. Um, <laughs> he's very cute too. I wonder how old he is. Probably way too young. young. He looks really young. I think he's very cute. Okay. So what made me think of him? I don't know. Oh, oh, because soccer and you know, you last week you gave me this big education about soccer as we watched it together. So that was invented uh, also in 1400 BC, but it was originally known as a game called Tsuchu in China. Oh. Spelt kind of like your middle name, T-S, Tsuchu. Oh, Tsuchu. Tsuchu, yeah. But the second word C-H anyway. Um, that was originally used soccer in military training. And then uh, when one of the guys got discharged, they brought it home to their family, kind of like the jello shots. And it took off because everyone's like, this is fun. And you right. don't have to get killed if you lose. <laughs> and the one great thing about soccer is it doesn't, it's not prejudice. Anyone can play no matter how much money they have. Yeah. What makes it the most one of the most popular games in the world. Cause all you need is a ball. And shin pads, hopefully. <laughs> no, like you go to Mexico, you see kids playing in the streets with no shoes on. Go to the beach, you pay beach soccer, you don't play with shoes on or shin okay. pads. Yeah. Right. Now, early African tribes, their main sport was, can you guess? This made sense to me as soon as I read it. Um, it's like cr running? Cross yeah, yes. Yeah. Running long distances. Yeah, cross country. Um, 
they're always win the Olympics. They always do. Always. Uh, and they use that as a way to like determine who was going to be powerful in the tribes. All right. On to the Greeks. They're famous for their appreciation of muscles, as you can see from any of their statues, along with their obsession for really small penises. <laughs> I don't know why all Greek statues have small dicks. Uh, the ancient Greeks are also responsible for competitions like the early Olympic games that was born out of quote, a desire to cultivate and showcase muscular physiques. A lot of the events were taken straight from military life. For example, the javelin was a weapon before okay. it was an Olympic thing, right? And throwing a giant rock at your enemy was before shot put. Shot put. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Neat, eh? Yeah. Uh, Outside the gym and sports back then, another popular way for the average person to keep in shape was digging. Dig a big hole, dig the dirt back into it, and then you look great. Your yeah. muscles are defined. <laughs> you know what's funny is what I always tell my friends that have homes, I'm always like, if you ever need help doing yard work, let me know. Because I love going and helping because I love the workout. Yeah. And, and again, like you're outside, you're just naturally moving your body the way nature intended and you get a great workout. Yeah. All right. We're getting towards modern times here. Let me scroll down. Okay. Thank God. All right. So we have next up, uh, exercise as medicine. One of the earliest wellness influencers was a doctor named Sasruta. He was an Indian physician who lived around 1000 BC, and he was the earliest known person to write about exercise being important for your health. He advocated for exercise for two reasons. One, to maintain general health, including aiding digestion, increasing resistance against fatigue and mental alertness. And number two, to avoid certain conditions like obesity and diabetes. Wow. Did you know that diabetes was around back then? No, I thought it was like a modern thing because too much sugar and processed food and shit. Yeah, but you can test it through blood and blood testing has been around for a while. So, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, it was a thing. So good for him um, back then. But then we get to the Renaissance. The 16th century is sort of when everything on these episodes goes weird. Well, because uh, back then to be fat, like kings would have like mm -hmm. huge meals and to be fat meant you were wealthy. You know, when I was younger, I struggled with that because I'd be like, well, why am I exercising? Why do I want to be skinny if back then it was cool to be fat? Like, I remember I used to have issues with it, a lot of problems. <laughs> but the 16th century saw the beginning of what would become sports science. And the healthcare industry started pushing a healthy body, healthy soul idea. And people sort of started to get on board with the idea of, of exercise can make them feel good. Right. So this was over in Europe, um, over here in North America, life was still way too rough because we were underdeveloped, right? We're newer. Right. So, uh, things here or in America, I should say, cause Canada wasn't born yet started to change around 1776. This is when Benjamin Franklin started promoting the idea of exercise as health. And Thomas Jefferson said, everyone should do a minimum of two hours of exercise every day, regardless if it's raining or snowing. Two hours. Hours. Ain't nobody got time for that. Right. So that's crazy. So anyway, when this fitness thing started to take off, that's when gyms started popping up here and there. But at first, gyms were really weird. Like initially, they were built as a row of tiny little cubicles, kind of like the squash courts you were just talking right. about. But in them, they'd have like one stationary bike. So eventually people realized that airflow is important when you're working out and being in a little tiny cubicle is not good for you. 
So then they switched to open air gyms, which we still use. Oh, how things have changed though, because you still have to wear a mask in a gym when you're working out now. So (laughs) you might want that cubicle back. Yeah. Yeah. And we haven't done much to mitigate the smell. Right. I call it bro Paris. (laughs) (laughs) A mix of freaking cologne, weed and sweat. The that's weed. What, that's the what the gym weed. smells like. <laughs> yeah, it does. The lone weed, the weed and sweat. I, the last thing I want to do after smoking a joint is go to the gym. Oh, the I've done thing. it. For some people, it helps them put it in a zone and just focus and just zone out, you know? I guess. I don't know. You'd find me at the smoothie bar. <laughs> okay, so bas- <laughs> basketball eating and football. 10 pro- eating 10 chocolate fudge protein bars. <laughs> Mm, they're good. They have one. Yeah. Salted peanut butter. Woo. <laughs> so then we get to basketball and football. I'm starting to wonder why the hell I picked this topic. I could not be less committed to it. Basketball is a Canadian sport though. That's cool. Uh, James Naismith. Yeah. Did I get that right? And I didn't even have it written down. I remember cause my uh, gym teacher in high school was, had the same name. Oh, I thought you were going to say, cause I remember watching the heritage moment. Oh, well, that too, I probably saw. But basketball, that then they led to something called NCAA. What's that? I was a part member of the NCAA. Well, NCAA is, is a, uh, what does the N stand for? National Collegiate Athletic Association, I believe. Oh, I don't know. So just, the NCAA is the body that governs over university athletes in the U.S. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. They're assholes. So that was... Well, that was responsible allegedly for like making the general public start to respect athletes as sort of celebrities. And- oh, which is so fucking funny because they don't even pay their athletes. <laughs> yeah. You get as athletes that put our body and get our advanced arthritis in their hip at the age of 36, uh, we don't get any piece of the pie and you bring in a lot of money in athletics to a school. I wonder if Not necessarily see- women's soccer, but athletes in general, yeah. basketball programs, football programs, they bring in millions and millions of dollars and they don't, those kids get none of it. I wonder if you could sue about your hip. No. Cause you did it willingly. And it's probably, um, genetic. My dad and everyone on my dad's side of the family was born with hip dysplasia. So that's what they call, that's what Lopez has in his knee. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're aging together. I guess so. All right. So then around the same time the NCAA was born, there's this professor at Harvard named Dudley Sargent. That's a manly name. And he created phys ed. And ever since then, uh, it was a school program that was mandated. And as we know, taught in school. The only thing is it doesn't sink in for some people like me until you're in your 30s. Right. Importance of exercising. I don't think I I think I rarely attended phys ed. There was no reason that I needed to go to fit that. <laughs> well, no, but you were an athlete on your own. Yeah. Which I do think that they should give, and I, maybe they do now, but they should give high school students that do play a certain level of athletics. They should give them credits towards phys ed. So they don't have to do it. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's sort of going backwards. Yeah. I wish that they, in my school, there was more of a focus on exercise and like fitness than on sports because I resisted the sport broy thing. Like, you know, I'd rather just go color with the girls. And so, but if they had made it more about exercising, maybe I would have gotten into that more. Like you guys never didn't have like a segment where you like lifted weights and stuff. 
Well, there was a weight room, but it was only for like guys that were on the sports teams. Like it wasn't part of our class. You never had like in your PE class, like a section or like a few, you know how you had like a few weeks of this, a few weeks of that. You never had one with lifting weights? No, unless I skipped that week. (laughs) You know what the worst, you know what the worst test was ever in high school? The beep test. Remember that shit? The ear testing? No, the beep, the sprinting beep test. Oh God, I don't remember that. They start playing this thing and you have to run from one end of the gym to the other and it would start by going beep. And so you have to get to the other end before it beeped again. And then it would start speeding up as you went. Well, that's terrible for like, you know, big Bertha in the class. (laughs) Not even. I was horrible at like things like that. Like even as an athlete, I was like, I don't need to be running nonstop sprints. Like, yeah, yeah, I do find that our phys ed and a curriculum now, and I'm not hundred percent sure because I don't have kids or all my friends' kids aren't old enough yet to be in high school, but I've always felt that the phys ed curriculum needed a real big revamp. Yeah, I think it does. Although they did, I remember, teach girls self-defense, which was important. Yeah. Pull and twist. Yeah, but like, I would love them to incorporate things like hiking and like, like right. you said, non-competitive activities that people yeah. can do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, they may have done the weight thing in like grade 11 and 12, because I just realized like I dropped that class as soon as I was allowed to, which I right. think was grade 10. Yeah. Anyway. So here we're getting to the very end now. Uh, 1896 was the very first modern Olympic Games. Uh, 1900, year 1900, was the first one where women were allowed to play four years later. And um, well, we all know what the Olympics were, right? They're a way to show off your country's talents. And just to think, you just mentioned like what year was it that women were allowed to join? 1900? Four years after the guys. Okay. But now in 2021... The very first trans woman has qualified for the Tokyo Olympics on behalf of New Zealand in weightlifting. That's great. That's amazing. But it's a huge, Uh, obviously causing a huge stir because a born man who transitioned, I think she started transitioning not too long ago is won a spot to the Olympics in a, in a type of sport that really has a lot to do with your physical form. Mm. And so, you know, a lot of people are upset because they're saying that, you know, as a, a, a born a man, genetically, mm-hmm. you have yeah. advantages like bone density, for example. Yeah. You know, especially if you've already gone through the maturity part of your life as still as your previous gender. You yeah. know, then the I can hor- see that. Yeah. But by law in the Olympics, your hormones just have to be under a certain level. So she qualifies and I haven't heard anything from any of the other athletes really objecting to it. So, you know, if it's okay with the athletes, it's okay with me. Yeah. It would just be very, you know? Yeah. Well, I was going to say like, I didn't really know that about the hormone level testing, because to me that makes the most sense. Cause remember we were talking to Kyler who explained everybody's on their different journey. So someone could be way advanced with their testosterone and someone isn't. It's like, so I could see how it's not fair across the board. Right. For her, it was her estrogen levels had to be a certain level and her testosterone had to be down. Um, But there was, for example, a woman who was born woman and she competed in a female event, but she just had naturally high levels of testosterone and she was banned from competing because her testosterone levels were too high, even though it was 
not something she was taking. It was just how she was born. And as a born woman, being a woman, you know, not transgender, not taking hormonal therapy, nothing like that, just had really high testosterone levels. And because of that, she wasn't allowed to compete. God, that's got to be... That's got to be awful to hear. Well, it's just, it's going to be very hard coming up with guidelines as, you know, the Olympics becomes more inclusive. Yeah. You know, at least they're trying. Right. It only took 142 years. (laughs) But anyway, now, I mean, we know what working out's all about now. We've come a long way and now it's almost too overwhelming, right? We've got protein shakes, steroids, Instagram, CrossFit. Dwayne, the rock Johnson, ah! Instagram, butt leggings, you know, it's like, it's just, it's too crazy. But what I do find interesting is what I said at the beginning is how we've sort of just come full circle with all the labor saving things are just now exercise things, but we're still doing the work because that's what bodies are meant to do. Well, I also think that as technology has progressed, as the world progresses, that we as humans become more and more lazy. Yeah. So we are, we need to work out now. Yeah. Right. For health. You know, um, remember you just, the movie Wally, where all the humans no, end no. up just fat in chairs, not walking around. Exactly. I mean, America, yeah. you're headed in that direction, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, one, this historian that wrote this article that I plagiarized, um, <laughs> was talking also about how in a hundred or 200 years from now, our definition of what's attractive might change because we don't need muscles to pull the horse and buggy around and stuff. So we may look back at pictures of big bodybuilders from today and be like, ew, they look bulky and gross. What's the point of all those muscles? Uh, maybe he's onto something. I disagree because if that was the case, we wouldn't still find muscles attractive. Like I think that's an animal instinct that we're always going to find muscles attractive. You know, know? but women are what is trendy or the right body type or whatever has always changed and evolved for women. It's true. You know, you had heroin chic for a long time. You had the Marilyn Monroe hourglass <laughs> shape. You know, now you have these unproportionate Kardashian type bodies that literally don't make physical sense. Yeah. We watched last week. Uh, yes. We turned on episode one, season one of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. And I am sorry, but if you look at their body shape, it is not what it is now, especially Kim. And Kim had a beautiful natural body. She really did. That's how she got her career started. But she claims she's never done anything to her body. But then I looked at her now and your your hips don't grow that massive and your stomach shrink that small. It's just, that's yeah. not natural or normal. Fess up like your sister, Chloe, when she said, yes, I got a nose job. Yeah. Okay. Actually that Chloe thing, by the way, before I talk about Chloe, that episode we watched, remember Chris was saying, Kim, your butt's looking a little chubby and like telling her she needed to lose weight in her ass. And she had like the bubble butt, but she just didn't have those hips that she has now. Yeah. It's artificial, like over dramatic, skinny, tiny waist and huge hips. It's it's not normal in a lot of women. And I, I don't know. I just want to know what is all that work going to do to you when you're older? 
Well, that's what made me, when I saw Chloe's interview, I believe her that she had the nose job and she's like, everything else is just filler and like Botox. I'm like, what? But then I really started analyzing it, but it's possible to do that with, with just filler. But the question is, she's got to keep up with it. Like every six months, that's a lot. And to say it was only a nose job, a nose job surgery is massive. They break your nose with a freaking spike and mallet. Like <laughs> it is not a, a just, oh, it's just a nose job. Like, no, yeah. any surgery is serious and nose jobs can change an entire person's face. It is a big change. It's not like boobs where you just grow two mountains yeah. on your chest. I had a friend and he, um, he was Iranian and his name was Borna and he, uh, went to back to Iran for a long trip and came back with a new nose. And I barely recognized him. Was it better though? Or eh. it was just different. It was so different, you know, okay. and, and it really changed his whole face. So you know, I hate when people downplay plastic surgery. Like it's serious when you go under well, a nose job I, I, years ago, I went cause I wanted a nose job uh, and he wouldn't do it on me because he said, the risk reward was not worth it. I want it. I have a crooked nose, which is why I like to always be tilted like this. Cause if I go straight on, you can see it's a bit crooked. Oh, come on. But he said, he said he could fix it, but it wasn't worth it because the risk that it would be worse. Right. You know what I mean? So you really have to weigh. And I don't remember. Oh yeah. Chloe had like a bigger nose. It was yeah. much bigger, mm-hmm. wider. All right. Well, why and, are we here, and then Chloe? here goes Jesse praying now to break his nose so he can get a nose job. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'll just mouth off to you one night and I'm sure you'll clock me. Right. Just make sure to hit me from this the left side. But there we go. That's a weird history of working out. And I do not feel any more motivated to do it myself. <laughs> uh, next week, we are not going to have a history of. We're going to do uh, weird headlines next week. Woo! Right. So switching it up. Now that there's news that is not just COVID related. Thank God. Mm-hmm. All right. History of working out. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Drink your water, not your wine. Yeah.